may be seated. Praise the Lord. Now, how do you follow that? I didn't even remember that uh, today was the 47th anniversary until I got a phone call yesterday from some radio station in town and uh, reminded me. But thank you, Brother Johns. We appreciate the Johns family and all that they're doing for the Lord. And I told him today that he wears many hats. And uh, we're glad to be able to be here tonight to give him a, a needed break so he can uh, go about the business that's so important, the district and the funerals that he conducted today and all of those wonderful things. Praise God. Isn't God good? I got an email this morning. I don't know where I get all these emails, but it was talking about the Apollo 11 recovery. I was in Vietnam, uh, my first tour in, in Apollo 8, and I remember we had a little cassette radio. And uh, while I was in Vietnam, the Apollo 8 was going around the globe, and the astronauts took Genesis chapter 1 and began to read it. You remember that? I had no idea that I'd be coming back to the United States and being involved in Apollo 10 and 11. But uh, there's something that was noted today in an email that I got that Buzz Aldrin wanted to uh, take communion on the moon. He is actually the first one to do that. And uh, he took a chalice up there and the bread from his Presbyterian church, and he had to smuggle it aboard the capsule because uh, that woman, I think her name was Madame O'Hara, she uh, made a big fuss about those astronauts reading Genesis 1, and now they had to be real careful what they did if they were going to do something religious or talking about God. So he smuggled that aboard the capsule, and uh, the signal was we want a moment of silence when they landed on the moon. And while there was a moment of silence, he took out the bread and the wine and or juice, whatever he used there, and had communion on the moon. And I was reading this today. Charles Duke is another astronaut from Apollo 16. And he said in 1972, aboard Apollo 16, I saw my own eyes what is written in the scriptures. In Isaiah 40, verse 22, it says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. He wrote in Job 26, 7, it is written, He hangeth the earth upon nothing. He went on to say, this is the Lord I love and serve. This is the Lord who transformed my life. This is the Lord who transformed my marriage. I used to say I could live 10,000 years and never have an experience as thrilling as walking on the moon. But the excitement and satisfaction of that walk doesn't begin to compare with my walk with Jesus, a walk that lasts forever. He said, I thought Apollo 16 would be my crown in glory, but the crown that Jesus gives will not tarnish or fade away. His crown will last throughout eternity. Praise the Lord. He said, not everyone has the opportunity to walk on the moon, but everybody has the opportunity to walk with the sun. It costs billions of dollars to send someone to the moon, but walking with Jesus is free. It's the gift of God. Amen. Can we stand and give the Lord some praise right now? Amen. The creator of our universe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And while we're standing, if we could go to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. I want to minister a while tonight about God's stress relief. Anybody here ever felt stressed? God's stress relief. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord Jesus, we ask you tonight to minister to our hearts, bring encouragement to each and every one. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you and to be here together tonight to worship you. And we commend you in this service into your hands, in Jesus' name. And everybody say, 
Amen. You may be seated. I was on the internet today looking for items that I could share with you about stress and how to deal with it. Here are some some of the things that I saw for stress reduction. Remind yourself that you're not in charge of everything or everyone. Live within your budget. That'll help. Simplify and unclutter your life. Allow extra time to do things. Listen to relaxing music. Set time aside to laugh and to play. Worry about only the things that you can control. Weed out trivial things in your life. Live in the present. Journal the things you are thankful for each day. And then in big capital letters, slow down. Another place that makes some changes. What is and isn't important. Eat for good health. Watch the caffeine, alcohol, and drugs. Exercise. Get plenty of rest. Attend to your emotional needs. And then remember the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And then I have something that you can take home with you and use. It's called the stress reduction kit. All you need is a large piece of cardboard or paper. Draw a big circle. And in the middle, you write, bang, head, here. (laughs) And here are the instructions. Place the kit on firm surface. (laughs) Number two, follow direction in the circle of the kit. Number three, repeat step two as necessary or until unconscious. Four, if unconscious, See stress reduction activity. Well, I'd rather do it the Lord's way, wouldn't you? Praise God. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, the Lord said. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I think we could all agree that we're living in a very, very stressful world today. It's very tense. It's uptight. It's fast-paced. I had to drive here. It's hectic out there on the highways. It's hurry, hurry, hurry. A Tacoma, Washington newspaper carried the story of Tattoo the Basset Hound a while back. Tattoo didn't intend to go for an evening run. But when his owner shut the dog's leash in the car door and took off for a drive, he didn't have much choice. The motorcycle policeman noticed a passing vehicle with something dragging behind it. He was... (laughs) He commented that the poor basset hound was picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. He chased the car to stop. Tattoo was rescued, but before he got rescued, the dog was making 25 miles per hour, falling down and rolling over several times. Now, I think there's some of us in here that feel just like that bastard down. Amen. We're putting them up and putting them down as fast as we can, and some of you, no doubt, are feeling dragged and rolled over in this world we call stress. Amen? We're going to talk about stress relief the Bible way tonight. Time magazine noted that back in the 60s, there was expert testimony given to the Senate subcommittee on time management. They predicted that advances in technology would radically change how many hours a week people worked. They forecasted that the average American would be working 22 hours a week within 20 years. They said their great challenge would be figuring out what to do with all that extra time. Here we are, folks. How many of you can testify that you have a lot of extra time on your hands? 
We're living in a fast-paced world today. It's become like the world of the Red Queen of Alice in Wonderland. And I quote, now here you see it takes all running you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. So let's have a little test here tonight. Let's take a group quiz. I'm going to see if anybody out here understands what stress is. I'm going to read a sentence and you finish it. Ready? I'm ready to throw in the... I'm at the end of my... I'm just a bundle of... My life is falling. I'm at my wits. I feel like resigning from the human. Apparently, we have some folks in here that understand stress. When you think you're getting ahead, sometimes you just can't do it. We're in what they call a rat race. Amen? And as soon as you catch up to that rat, that other rat goes faster. But remember, he that wins the rat race is still a rat. You're never going to get ahead in this world. We're going to have to learn how to use God's method to rest. Amen? If we needed just physical rest, we could uh, take a nap. If we needed emotional rest, we could go on a vacation. But what do you do when you need spiritual rest? Amen. We're talking about rest tonight. I think this is the message of the hour if you live in Atlanta or if you live in America or if you live in the world today. This is one stressful world. People are weary. People are tired. People are ready to throw in the towel. And they got a new disease today that's called chronic fatigue syndrome. It wasn't even a word that the doctors would say before the 1960s and 70s. But today there's hundreds of thousands of people that have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. The doctors say they don't know how to cure it. All they can do is give you sleeping pills and muscle relaxers. But all that does is cover it up. You and I as Christians need to understand how to get God's rest. Amen. He has the answer for us. And we find that cure in the text that we read tonight. This is the problem that we all face and will be facing until Jesus comes. I predict that the world's not going to get any better. With all the technology and all those things that they promised would make life easier, it, it seems to make it a whole lot worse. We're never going to catch up with time or people or technology. And so we need to learn this lesson as we are living on this earth. And God has the answer. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, everybody here labors. Amen. Everyone here has some burden that you're carrying. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're weary mentally, physically. Hopefully, you're not spiritually drained tonight because that is where your strength comes from. But every person faces stress in this life. A letter from a young woman. She writes, I was 19. My mother died four months ago after a hard battle with breast cancer. My parents are divorced. Every time I turn around, I have another health problem. I have horrible stomach pains. I get bad headaches and often feel faint and dizzy. I'm always tired but have trouble sleeping. And recently, I had what I've been told is an anxiety attack. I just want to feel normal. Could all of these problems be stress-related, you think? People today are stressed out. Everybody has got some kind of a burden that you're carrying today, whether it be financial obligations, whether it be family sickness, whether it be a dysfunctional relationship in the home. We all bring our problems into this church on Wednesday night and on Sunday but there's got to be a solution. We need not walk away with the same problems that we came in to this sanctuary with. I want to just say that I appreciate this lady right here. I don't even know your name. We haven't officially been introduced. I'm not even sure you speak English. But I think you do because I see you Sunday morning interpreting for the one that's sitting next to you. I know that some people probably think that there's a special place right here where God moves and that you don't have any problems whatsoever. But as you see, this young lady knows that when she comes into the presence of God, she lets her problems stay outside 
And she brings the glory of God inside the house. And she's going to worship and love God no matter what comes her way. Now, you may not be stress-free, but for these two hours, amen, you're going to have a good time. And what about you? Are you speaking English yet? What, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King? Amen. Would you stand and, do you understand me? Tell everybody in Spanish that Jesus is the answer. Come on, you can do that. Stand up. Tell everybody that Jesus is the answer in Spanish. Praise God. You know, I really appreciate these folks that come that, that learn our second language. I heard a, a joke years ago. It was supposed to be a Russian joke. People that speak three languages are trilingual. People who speak two languages are bilingual. People who speak one language are Americans. But that's not true anymore. And Donald Trump's wife last night, they say she speaks five languages. God bless our people that come into America to, to live and to learn our ways and learn our language. Praise God. And you keep coming to the English services, you're going to learn some more. Praise God. Amen. Stress. Stress. Job said that man is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Now, in this text, Jesus is inviting us to come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, there's nothing wrong with labor. I thank God that there's enough jobs that provide everybody in here the ability to make a living. Work is good. Amen? And when you don't work, it's bad. I thank God for people like Brother John that has a call to pastor. Don't ever try to be a pastor without a call. Absolutely no way to do that without God calling you to do that. I thank God for the, the good waitresses and restaurants that actually enjoy what they're doing. You know, some people don't belong in a restaurant to be a waiter or a waitress. I'm saying there are people that fit in every category of life. And thank God that you're here tonight, that you have a family, that you have a job. Yes, there's things that go on every day in your life. We come to church and we're full of all of this, this life that we have, problems and difficulties. But when we get into the house of God, there is rest here. There is peace here. There is a presence of the Lord here. There's a place to, to allow the Lord to take away all those worries that you have. Amen? Work is good. Praise God. But sometimes it seems like we don't get anywhere. And that's where the difficulty comes. The root word for labor means uh, copas, work that is carried on at a price of willingness and pain. It's a work that is so heavy and hard and so futile that it becomes agony. Have you ever felt like you're on a treadmill? That you're doing something but you're never advancing. You're never getting there. I think Pastor John mentioned on Sunday morning that we would like to see a, a greater move of God in the church, more people finding the Lord Jesus. You know, when you go year after year of, of trying to work at something that you feel is important and you don't see any advancement, you get weary. We see that in our life. We see that in our work. There's all kinds of examples in the Bible where we see that there was difficulties that come into their lives, but there was one answer. It's always been God from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. We have an answer tonight. In 1930, an unusual event took place. It still represents an open case in the FBI missing person files. On August 15, after dining out with his family, a New York State Supreme Court justice named Joseph Carter hailed a taxi and was never seen or heard from again. The FBI thought that this appearance was foul play because uh, as a judge, he heard many mob cases. But there was no real evidence to support that theory. 
All investigations led to dead ends. The only clue was a note he left for his wife and family, and it said, I am very, very tired. Love, Joe. And that was it. That was the last anyone ever heard from him. My wife and I and my daughter was in Hawaii in the 90s, and there was an event that took place. It was in the newspapers for several weeks. A family came to Hawaii on vacation. They had their time. Now it was time to leave, but the wife went missing. The mother went missing. And so for several weeks, on the front page of the newspaper, they were looking for this woman that disappeared. Finally, the husband and the kids had to go to the mainland because they had a job, and the kids had to go to school. Several more weeks went by. Finally, they broke the case. There was no foul play. There was nothing that went bad. This lady just gave up. She was in Hawaii. She didn't... She wanted to leave the marriage. She wanted to leave her kids. She wanted to leave her job. She wanted to leave her problems. And that is so relevant today for so many people. Please, tonight, if you feel stressed out, there's an answer here tonight. There's a God that's looking down. There's a God that understands. There's an answer in the word of God for you tonight. Praise God. You don't have to be stressed out when you know Jesus. Praise God. People today are frustrated, hurt, burdened down. But the second group Jesus invited in our text are those that are burdened. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those are the people that are carrying heavy loads, anxiety, and fears. Maybe there's someone here tonight that you're struggling with fear. You got a a burden tonight that you're carrying. Some disappointment that's come your way. Some sorrow that's happened in your home. You traveled the road for a while. A road that's promised you a great and wonderful adventure. But now you, you seem like you're in a swamp or you're in a desert somewhere. You see, we all go through things like this. We all face these problems every single day. But in the kingdom of God, there is a solution. And there is an answer. And it's in your walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, Jesus really is the answer for the stress. We need to understand how to get that. Praise God. If you're just living for yourself, or you're living for your possessions, or you're living for prominence, if you're just living for pleasure, you're not going to find the answer. Nicholas Cage, a, a, a Hollywood actor, said, I wonder if there's a hole in the soul of my generation. We've inherited the American dream, but where do we take it? Harrison Ford, the actor whose movies have grossed over $2 billion, said, you only want what you ain't got. What is it that he doesn't have? His answer came back, I don't have peace. Six weeks before uh, Elvis died, a reporter asked him, Elvis, when you first started playing music, you said you wanted to be rich, you wanted to be famous, you wanted to be happy. My question for you is, are you happy? And Elvis said, I'm lonely as hell. Isn't that sad? You look at all of these characters that are in the news, people that some people idolize. They're not happy. Happiness is not in fame. Happiness is not in fortune. Happiness is not in in being a millionaire or a billionaire. Happiness is understanding who you are in Jesus Christ. Happiness is having a relationship with our Lord that brings you into a place called peace and rest and joy. Amen. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ has paid the full penalty for you on Calvary. Amen. Jesus is not here tonight to rub you in your sins He rubbed out your sins. He took care of your sins. He doesn't want us to carry some extra burden around that we don't have to carry. He bore our guilt. He bore our penalty some 2,000 years ago. And now he's saying, come. He's inviting us. What a wonderful word. Come. Join me. Come. Rest. Come. 
I've been around Christianity for a while. Got saved in 1971. I've traveled the circuit. I've been to several hundred churches. I've been around the world. And I've discovered a lot of Christians really don't understand how to live day by day in peace. Knowing that they have a relationship so strong that they can withstand all that pressure and burden and turmoil and strife that is all around us. Jesus said, suffer. Here's here's some places where he said, come unto me. Matthew 19, he said to the children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. In explaining his presence, he said that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of the Father. He said of the Holy Ghost in filling, he said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He's calling us to come unto him tonight and rest. Peace. Peace. Praise God. I read where in the deserts, when the caravans are in need of water, that the leader, he was to send out a camel with a rider some distance and then another will follow and then another will follow and sometimes they go in different directions and when they finally find the source, they find the water they'll cry out, come is Jesus your source tonight thank God for those elders that have gone before us and they can, that they've gone ahead of us and can look back and see the young ones that are striving and you can say, come, it works come Jesus is real. Come, you can have peace. Come, you can rest. There is water, church. There is peace, church. Amen. That phrase, come unto me, is just not some trite emptiness. It really is descriptive of a location where you can be at a privileged place in the Lord Jesus Christ where the world can go crazy all around you. I remember when I was in Bible college, one of my instructors had a picture. And it was a, a branch that went out across the canvas. And there was a waterfall behind it. And then in that branch was just a little nest of a, a mother bird and about three little babies. And in the midst of all that turmoil, the spray, there was peace in that nest. Are you in the nest tonight? Are you really walking in the presence of the Lord tonight where you're not worrying and fretting and getting all uptight about every little thing that goes on? There's peace here tonight. Amen. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. That word rest is fascinating. It means to refresh, to revive. As if you were on a long journey, and now you're taking a rest. How many have found that place tonight? Have you settled back yet and and enjoyed the journey? Have you been able to shake off some of the troubles that you brought into this house tonight? How long have you been serving the Lord? Have you found that key yet to rest? To have confidence that the Lord has not forsaken you. That he's able to take care of every little need that you have. Has he revived you tonight? Sometimes that New Testament word rest is used as chains falling off someone's hands. Have you come in here tonight feeling shackled? Have you been able to lift up your voice to the Lord in in freedom and tell him how much you love him and how much he means to you? Did you walk in with praise on your lips? Or did you walk in with a heavy burden? And are you going to walk out with a heavy burden? That's the question tonight. Do you feel shackled by your inability to please God? Well, maybe it's time to allow those chains to fall off. In the Greek literature, the word rest is used as a door. 
a door that you can't quite open. Have you ever faced a closed door and all of a sudden it opens up? Doesn't that feel good? That door is available. Jesus is on the other side of that door. And he says, come. Come. And many times he's knocking on the other side of that door for you to open it up. But there is the presence of the Lord here tonight to bring you whatever you need. Does it feel like the door of God's acceptance is blocked in your life? Have you been able to accept yourself in the presence of the Lord? Do you still feel that you're unworthy? You've been too bad? You made too many mistakes? In order for the Lord to bring his blessing upon you tonight? Maybe you need to understand what real rest is. Maybe you need to understand what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. Amen. He's paid a price. Are you living in guilt of your past sins, your past mistakes, your past actions? Are you here tonight with a debt that you could never pay? I want you to know that he took care of the debt. He took care of your sin. He took care of everything on Calvary. We need to learn how to walk into his presence, repent of your sin, get right with God, enjoy the journey, and rest in the Holy Ghost. The Old Testament word rest is a common theme. And the Hebrew word for rest can be used to describe a vacation after a long period of work. When the Hebrew word was brought into the Greek language in the Septuagint, it was used to describe the Sabbath day. And remember, that's when God rested from all his work. And he rested not because he was tired. He rested because there was no more to do. This is a finished work. Calvary is a finished work. Amen. He paid our debt. He, he took care of our problems. He took care of our sin. All we need to do is come into his presence. If you're sinning, repent. Get it right with God. Enter into his love. Enter into his peace. Enter into his joy tonight. Have you learned how to enter into the rest of the Lord? Or have you just come... To church tonight because it's mandated for good Christians to be here. Have you come just to show your appearance? Or have you come tonight to really tap in and leave with something that you didn't walk in the door with? Church is more than just good music. Church is more than just good teaching and preaching. Church is more than just getting dressed up and, and coming. Amen. You need to Find something here. You need to grab a hold of something here. You need to walk away with something here. You need to understand that God takes away all the pain and worry when you understand. If you have the revelation of what true rest is in the Holy Ghost, you can have peace in the valley. You can have peace in the midst of the turmoil. Hallelujah. Well, how do you enter into this rest? Well, you got to do it by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. Listen, Christianity shouldn't be a religion of struggling to do. It should be more about a relationship and rest. And what he's already done and what he's already accomplished. Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who hath blessed us with all blessings in eternal places. Everything you need is already here. Everything you need has already been paid for. Everything you need has been accomplished 2,000 years ago. Jesus said take my yoke. Maybe a better interpretation is this. Take the yoke that I bear. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest 
for your souls. Come. Come, he says. That, that, that means there's a decision. It's one single act. It's a decision. When he says, come, you need to say yes. Come. And then he says, take my yoke. Now that calls for submission. There's a decision. Come. And then he says, take my yoke. You have to submit and say, yes, Lord. I trust in you. You're my Lord. You're my God. You've saved me. You've taken care of all my problems. You took care of my sins. You took care of my health. There's nothing that you did not do that I cannot have. It's been paid for. Now by faith you say, come, I want to come, Lord. I submit to you and I take the yoke that you said is mine. Amen. That's the invitation. You can join his campaign. Amen. The campaign of peace. The campaign of rest. Living for God shouldn't have to be the burden. That's the answer. Serving God shouldn't be the hurdle. Serving God is not the trouble. It's learning how to live for God. It's learning how to rest in his presence and enjoy the journey. Take my yoke. Now the yoke is referred to a learning experience. One side of the yoke is where the Lord is. The other side of the yoke is where he invites us to join him. And when we're joined to the Lord, it's a learning experience. Amen. Just like the two beasts of burden, when they team up a large beast with a smaller beast, that larger beast is training that younger one how to work into the field. Amen. The Lord says, join me. Come. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Amen. It's the mature with the immature. It's the wise with the unwise. It's the powerful with the weak. Amen. This is the prescription that we need for weariness. It's to understand how to be yoked up with the Lord so we don't have to carry all these burdens out of this house tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. The text is beautiful. We're not told that we need more leisure time. We're not told that we need to take a vacation. We're not told that we need bed rest. We're told that we need to join him in the yoke. Take my yoke upon you. Join him. It's it's a double yoke. Hallelujah. Maybe you feel like you need a hammock, but no, you really don't. You need the yoke. Come. Take my yoke. Join me. Let me help you. I have peace. I've got rest. But the yoke is a place of submission. Amen. The problem is not with us not wanting to serve him. The promise is us not willing to serve him. If you join the Lord tonight, he'll be your master. He'll be your Lord. He'll be your protector. He'll be your guide. He'll be whatever you want him to be. If you join him by taking his yoke. When we learn how to take his yoke, we learn what real peace is. When you learn to join him in the yoke, you'll learn what real joy is. But that yoke is a place of learning. Amen. When you're close to the Lord, he'll teach you. When you're close to the Lord, he'll instruct you. But if you don't join him in the yoke, you're out there by yourself. Join the Lord. Let his presence be a part of your life. 
When you wake up in the morning, call upon him and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you today. He's saying, come. You say, Lord, I will. I submit. I join you today. I'm yoked up with you today. Praise God. When you begin living in the yoke, you have the assurance that God is looking out for you. That God is able to take care of all your needs. You're not going to worry as much. You're not going to be burdened down as much because you're joining with the one who's going to carry the load and you're learning to trust him. And you can only learn from him when you abide in him. So why just come to church with your worries and go home with more? Why go to work with problems and then come home with more? Why live a life like that when you don't have to? Why don't you learn how to join the Lord as he says, come. Take my yoke. Join me. Let me teach you. Amen. Be a good student. You don't have to worry as much as you do. These problems are big in your head, but not for the Lord. The Lord is bigger than all your problems. He's bigger than all your diseases. Amen. Allow the Lord to help you tonight. The yoke. Well, you can't learn much if you don't have a teacher. And the Lord wants to be your teacher. And he's calling on you tonight to come and to allow him to help. We served in Asia. One of our first places in 83 was Samoa. We went to Fiji and all those little island places. And we saw those beasts of burden. And it wasn't uncommon to see a big cow or an animal with a baby or a young one next to it. As the farmer was teaching that younger beast to learn how to plow the fields alongside the big one. What is the big one in your life? What is the big one you're yoked up to? Are you yoked up to the right yoke? Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm meek, I'm lowly in heart, and you shall find rest. Rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Do you know, and I've told my Bible students in the Philippines every day, the servant God is a choice every day when you wake up. You have the choice to go off in any direction you want, or you can choose to serve the Lord. I've always said I could walk out of this classroom right now, walk down the street to one of those taverns and get drunk because God's not going to keep me from doing that. I have a choice. And I've chosen to wake up today, and I've chosen to serve the Lord today. And I've told my students that he will not force you to serve him. And he's not going to force you to join him in the yoke. He's not going to force you to submit to him where he can be the king of your life and the Lord of your days. But if he is the Lord of your days, you're going to have peace. If he's the Lord of your days, you're going to have so much happiness and joy in your life. Because happiness is not from the outside. Happiness is not your surroundings. Happiness is from the inside. And the Lord is supposed to be living there. He wants to be on the throne of your life. And he's not going to force you. He's not going to compel you. But he's going to say, come. And then you have to choose. And then you have to submit and say, Lord, I want to be yoked together with you today. I want you to teach me today. I want you to help me today. I want you to bless me today. I want to be a blessing today. And if I'm yoked with you, you will come through me. He's the teacher. Join him tonight. Join him tonight. If you don't take that yoke, there's another yoke. Joshua said you have to choose this day whom you'll serve. You're either going to serve yourself, you're going to serve sin, you're going to serve the world, you're going to serve your job, you're going to serve something 
Choose the Lord today. Choose the Lord today. Make a choice today. Because every person will choose a yoke, whether you understand it or not. The philosopher Ovid said, before you run in a double harness, look well to the other horse. Who are you yoked up with? Who did you partner up with today? Who's on the other side of that harness today? There's peace here tonight because the presence of the Lord is here tonight. You say, well, why is his yoke so easy? Why is his burden so light? Because when you're yoked up with him, if you have a misstep, he just might carry you along. Where you come short, his strength is there to assist. Why don't we stand tonight? As you come to the front tonight, I want you to find one person. It could be a family member, a husband, wife, or a friend. They're not your yoke. But I want you to share something with them and take turns with each other and just say, I'm going to help pray for that need. And we're going to join up with the yoke of Jesus tonight. And we're going to walk home tonight a little bit different than we came in. You don't have to walk out with this heavy burden tonight. And I know that you got troubles. Everybody here has got burdens that you're carrying. But that's why the Lord is here. And that's why he's saying, come. So why don't you come tonight, and as you walk forward, say yes to the Lord. I'm coming to you, Lord. Lord saying, take my yoke. Learn of me. Let him teach you tonight. Give him your problem tonight. The Lord wants you to rest. The Lord wants to bring peace. The Lord wants you to leave with peace tonight. There is rest here in the presence of the Lord. There's rest here tonight in the presence of the Lord. Make a decision to say, yes, Lord, I'm coming. And then say, here I am, Lord. I'm going to join you in the yoke. I want to learn. I want to understand. I want to rest. I want that peace. Lay your hand on somebody's shoulder that's friendly next to you. Amen. Praise God. Lord, bring peace tonight. As we enter into your presence, we want to be yoked with you tonight. We're tired of the heavy burden, Lord. I came in here with worries, but I don't want to leave with worries. Lord, I give my worry to you. I give my fear to you. I give my anxiety to you. All these burdens that I brought in here tonight, Lord, I'm going to turn them over to you tonight because I want peace. I want peace and I want rest. I want rest. Hallelujah. I want the Lord's peace tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Let them saturate your heart here tonight. Hallelujah. Join the Lord tonight in his yoke. Let him carry your burden. Let him bring the peace that you need tonight. Jesus. 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 Teach me tonight, Lord. Teach me tonight, Lord. Teach me what real peace is, Lord. Teach me what real rest in the Holy Ghost is tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to feel that weight lifting tonight. Feel that heaviness lift tonight. Jesus wants to carry some of that tonight. Let him take it. Give it to the Lord. Come on. Give it to the Lord. That's it. Give it to the Lord tonight. Rest in the Lord tonight. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. He wants to carry the burden. He wants to take that frustration away. Rest. Peace. Jesus. 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 